0: Offer valid on select AK systems, sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
2: The volume. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers who deposit $5 or more can get a no sweat bet up to $1,000 back in a bonus bet. I was looking at NBA futures this morning. The Golden State Warriors are plus 5,500 right now on DraftKings to win the title. So if you believe in them, that's a big number. And Denver, I have Denver as my championship favorite, and they're still the second best odds on DraftKings right now at plus 450. So lots of good NBA bets to look at over the course of the end of the season. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code HOOPS. New customers can get a no-sweat bet Up to $1,000 if your first bet loses. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code hoops. That's H-O-O-P-S. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no sweat bet per new customer, issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash promos for deposit, wagering, and eligibility restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Draymond Green Show. We got some fun stuff to talk about today, Um, obviously including the Dubs win streak. We got a lot going on. All-Star Weekend predictions. Uh, there are some fun things going on. Also, we need to talk about the All-Star Weekend because I got a couple things to say. And I know because of what happened last year, everybody will be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. We'll get to that. Uh, however, we are live on the Bleacher Report app. So everybody here from from through the Bleacher Report app, we appreciate you. Much love and welcome to the Draymond Green Show. Um, <clears throat> we're going to get into some stuff. Uh, Throw some questions in the chat, by the way. Jackson will get those over to me. Uh, Later in the show, we'll do a mailbag section. So throw those questions in. And then also, everyone, please make sure you go subscribe to the Draymond Green Show YouTube page at youtube.com slash at Draymond Green Show. We love our Turner family, our volume family for the support. Uh, Appreciate all you for making this happen. Uh, Let's get into it. Uh, The Dubs, five-game win streak. Big win over the Suns on Saturday. Uh, Big win yesterday over the Utah Jazz. We beat the uh, Jazz 129-107. to Um, Jackson has on our rundown. That was a huge game for the play-in standings. And quite frankly, I feel like that's a shot because Um, For those of you on the Bleacher Report app that has not been subscribers of the Draymond Green Show, you may not know that Jackson is a Boston Celtics fan. Uh, Jackson and I has been working together for three years now, um, which if you can do basic math, uh, it takes you back beyond the NBA Finals um, when we smacked the Boston Celtics and Jackson being a Boston Celtics fan. So he throw little jabs in here. All the time, like huge game for the playing standards, like bro, huge it's, game, it's huge 50, game. It's fifty games into the season. There's still 30, thirty-two games left, to, or thirty-one games left to be played, or something like that. Fifty-one games. Relax yourself. Um, but however, what were some takeaways from this game? Number one, uh, it was good to see Clay have a good game. Uh, to see Clay get back on track. Um, you know, have the game that he did after you know last couple games not playing down the stretch and. all the noise that's been surrounding him really all year and free agency and not having a deal done and blah, blah, blah. Um, As I've always said, Clay is a very, very resilient person. Uh, Number one, you don't come back from an ACL injury and Achilles injury if you're not resilient. Uh, You don't win four championships if you're not resilient and, and be a key cog in winning those championships. If you're not resilient, you don't score 60 points in a quarter, uh, in three quarters. If you're not resilient, you don't score 37 in a quarter if you're not resilient. And quite frankly, you are not Klay Thompson if you're not resilient. And so to see him have the game that he had uh, last night with all the chatter and stuff, I thought it was good. Um, and then I also thought it was beautiful and just how patient he was. He didn't force anything. He let the game come to him. If they ran him off the line, he stepped in and took some twos. Um, and I thought, you know, that was really key. Got a couple layups to start the game He hit the three. He got a fast break layup, uh, start the second half. He got another layup, you know? So I think it was good for him early on just to see the ball go through the rim, you know, and then, uh, Steph Curry made a very key call, um, and in the second half, that I think really unlocked Clay. And that was uh, we ran this play called Oklahoma where it's a double screen. Uh, then Clay goes in. Uh, so, so Clay's the first screener. I'm the second screener. Steph comes off both screens. And then I pin in for Clay. And Clay came in and hit the three. And he was like, yes, like crazy fist pump. Or maybe even been like a double. Ah. And um, and from there, it was just kind of flowing for him. Like, And I thought that was a huge call by Steph. Uh, it's also funny because I'm not even sure J.K. and Wiggs really even know what that play is. It's like an old play that we had from way back in the day. And when Steph called it, he just say it to me, and I'd be like, Clay, Clay, come here, right here. Oh, and, and so us three of know we're running, and we just tell Steph and Wiggs, uh, I mean, excuse me, Wiggs and J.K., hey, man, just go to the corner. Go to the corner. (laughs) And we run the play. And I think that's just funny Um, because, number one, it's just how long we've been playing together. That Like, oftentimes we'll call plays that's not really in the playbook this year but that we know, uh, that we've run once upon a time. And it's always funny putting guys in positions that obviously hasn't been there all the years. and just kind of telling them, yo, go stand there. But uh, that was a little funny, funny nugget from last night's game. Um, Steph, 27 threes in his last three games. That is the fifth time in Steph's career that he scored 27 threes over a three game period. Now, interestingly enough, we all feel like Steph has been shooting lights out of it, right? It is actually his worst shooting percentage on threes out of the five times at 56%. (laughs) And Steph doesn't cast a a few threes a game. He's at 56%, 56 56.1%. One year he was at, I mean, one time he was at 58%, another time 59%, another time 62% and one time at 65%. Over three games, making 27 threes at 65% clip. So sorry, Steph, you falling off, brother. Uh, father time is catching up to you, and 56% is just not acceptable. When you set, <clears throat> it's funny because I was on the bus, uh, Raymond Ritter was showing us that stat, and it really just threw me for a loop because it took me to a place. When you set the standards so high for yourself, it's actually insane. What Steph Curry is doing, we've actually only seen one other person in NBA history do what Steph Curry's doing, which is playing at this level this late in the career. Kobe, Kobe was still gone, but not quite at the level that Steph is at. Um, you know, MJ obviously won an NBA Finals his, his last year I'm not counting Washington. Y'all can count Washington all y'all want to. I'm not counting Washington. I'm talking about Chicago. MJ obviously won the finals um, his last year in Chicago. However, if I'm not mistaken, that was year 14. Um, Steph is now in year 16 and still playing at the level that he's playing at. The only other player that's ever done that in NBA history is LeBron James. So in that category, those two are in a league of their own. And it's, it's it's funny because someone asked me, they was like, well, why do you think that is? And I was like, well, every now and then there's a blueprint set and we've seen LeBron do it. And so then you're Steph and you're like, of course I'm doing that, right? Like those guys have been going back and forth in NBA finals and stuff over the years, throughout their tenures, uh, their tenures in the NBA. Of course I'm doing that. And so it's just a totally different thing. And I think, you know, um, Just to watch Steph night in night out, he couldn't. He didn't have it going last night. He missed some or some threes early that, quite frankly, he easily could make. And then he found it in the fourth quarter and an onslaught and just put the synthem night night, uh, as you all know, he he likes to do. But um, I run out of words for Steph. He's he's absolutely incredible. Uh, Jk had fourteen points last night, and I'm mentioning that because. I said to J.K. during after the first quarter, like, all right, you had a bad quarter. But the greats don't. They don't keep it going. Like, the greats, they, they have a bad quarter and they bounce back. And I just thought he wasn't as aggressive as he has been. And for me, that don't work. Uh, we need him aggressive at all times. And you're allowed to have not a great game. By the way, he didn't have a bad game. So I'm not going to act like he had a bad game. But guess what? We're talking about standards, right? We're talking about the standard that Steph Curry slept has set for himself the standard that Jonathan Kaminga has set for himself to me 20 and above every night 14 is good for me 14 ain't good for him that's the expectation that he's set and I'm going to hold him to that expectation why because he's more than capable Um, his growth has been absolutely amazing uh the pressure that he puts on the rim is absolutely incredible, and he's unlocked his team's potential uh by unlocking his potential and' it's, it's been absolutely beautiful to see uh so I am expecting a huge game from j k uh against the against the clippers tomorrow night uh because he didn't have a great game and yet and still uh thirty one games and double figures in a row for a third year guy uh just shows you what you're dealing with uh because those 31 games also extends further back to him saying, like, I don't feel like I'm reaching my potential and I don't feel like I'm getting the opportunity. That extends back past that, too. So just to give you some perspective of how good of a scorer this young dude actually is, it's absolutely incredible. Uh, Moving on from the Jazz game and rewinding a little bit back before the Super Bowl to the Phoenix Sun game. That was a fun game. Uh, That was a fun game because, A, it was a big game. It's, you know, it's Saturday night before the Super Bowl. That's prime time. Um, It's the Phoenix Suns coming in here. Uh, Obviously, the whole thing with me getting suspended against the Phoenix Suns and little guy. um, Yeah, the little guy. Uh, and all of that stuff. And so, you know, there was a build-up to this game. It's my first time seeing them since that happened and blah, blah, blah. And then it's also their first time seeing this Dubs team. See, they've seen this before, but this is their first time seeing this Dubs team. And so I thought, um, you know, the game lived up to to what everyone thought it would do, what everyone thought it would be. Uh, Steph Curry, again, his heroics. Um. Knocking that shot down. I, I knew it was money as soon as it left his hand. You could just tell he got the look he wanted. He knew it. He kind of started doing this little turn. Not turning all the way, but you could tell it was money. Such an incredible shot. However, what was, what was more pleasing than even the shot was that we were actually able to finish it off this time. Uh, he's hit that shot. Not that particular one, but he's hit big shots all year and we haven't been able to close the deal a lot of the times and so it was huge to actually close the deal and we had to do that with not one but two defensive stops and um I thought that was uh that was fulfilling because it shows the growth uh of this team you know we've been getting in this situation and giving up a bucket uh Wiggs, who I thought made a very good play on the game, usually not a call that's called at the end of the game. A free ball in there, knocked the ball down, call a foul. However, we had a foul to give. And then they try to throw it over the top, over me to KD. And <clears throat> interestingly enough, interestingly enough, um, I knew that they were gonna try to go to KD, which is why I switched the matchups and put myself on KD that last um that last possession. And You know, uh, I saw a few people saying, oh, that was contact, like marginal contact. Uh, My hands are straight up. I'm vertical. I get ball and game over. Uh, But that was a fun game. Following that game, the little guy goes in the media. And the little guy goes in the media and he says, I take my words back. He doesn't deserve another chance. It's only a matter of time before he hits someone else. And quite frankly, I would love to know, why is it only a matter of time before I hit someone else? Because I destroyed him? Because what in that game that happened with me would make you say something like that other than getting embarrassed because you're just not good enough. You're not good enough offensively. You had Steph Curry on post-ups and you got nothing. Um, Quite frankly, outweighs me by 80 pounds and six inches taller than me. That's one thing. Outweighs Steph Curry by about 120 pounds and about nine inches taller than him and could not score on him on on the block. Um, Towers over Clay by about five inches, outweighs Clay by about 90 to 100 pounds, could not score on Klay Thompson on the block. Little guy tries to post up, tries to back me down, only to shoot a hook shot from the dotted, not the restricted area, from the dotted line in the paint, which means you made no progress on getting towards the rim. Shoots a nasty hook shot for his sixth point of the game, which is his last points of the game, and desires to decides to do an overtly too small celebration. Slapping the floor, the whole thing. And quite frankly, you're just not good enough to do things like that. Um, I watched that same little guy play against someone not long before us. And they shot a three and he stood under the rim and waved at him and got the rebound. And quite frankly, you see clowns like that do things like that. And it's actually very disrespectful to the game. It's disrespectful to the player that you're doing it to. And so the clown, then I catch the ball on the block and the clown decides to kind of turn his body towards me. All right, well, bring your chest here because now your shoulders should meet my chest. You should get put in the rim. And then that's what happened. Oh, and by the way, We all can do the little slap-the-floor-too-small celebration.
0: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty.
1: The little guy then goes, like I say, went into the media, complaining, like I did something to him as if he didn't do the too small celebration, and then he starts to question my character, what a coward You go questioning character about a basketball game that you just lost, that you got destroyed, and the only thing you should talk about is how you got punished, fifteen, nine, and seven, fifteen, seven, and nine um and you finish with a measly six, six, and four. Four assists is a bright spot for him, so I'll give him that. Um, But six and six, and then you go to the media and cry like that. By the way, they call a foul on me in the first quarter, my first foul. He then turns to me and starts talking as if I did anything wrong to him other than try to prevent him from posting me up. No, the guy outweighs me. He's never in good shape. Uh, It's hampered him his entire career. Guy outweighs me by 100 pounds. And he's upset like that. Am I not supposed to hold my ground? And he starts talking. Okay, we both can talk. Say a couple words back. And then he's in his feelings the rest of the game. He then starts throwing cheap shots. When I'm rebounding the ball, Anything, he throws little cheap shots. I don't react. He fouled me on the fake handoff. I fall over. He stand over me. I don't react. I just get up because we're not paying attention to the little guys. Um, and, yeah, that's what happened. Very, I, I, I must say, not very surprised that he went to the media and said what he said because that's the same guy that laid out on the floor Um, When I made content, bro, you 300 pounds. Get up off the floor, bro. If he actually didn't lay out on the floor like that, I actually don't get the suspension that I got probably. But dude laid out like he was dead. That same guy then goes and says, he doesn't deserve another chance. How, bro? What an embarrassment. And they expect to win with that guy. Really. And so... Um, I don't know. I thought it was really whack to go questioning my character because I destroyed you on a basketball court. But quite frankly, I'm a four-time All-Star, four-time champion. I should destroy you on a basketball court. You are infamously known for getting traded to get you out the way of Joker so Joker can become who we all know him to become. It's no surprise there. I remember the days that the Denver Nuggets was trying to start him and Joker. All right, let's get the bum out of here because he's in the way of this guy. He's in the way of the MVP of the NBA. So let's get him out of here. And so, yeah, I should do that to you. It's no surprise there. Like, and yeah, so just to go questioning my character, I thought it was whack. But like, guys, guys are making a habit out of that. Um, him and Kevin questioned my character before, you know, as if you go go question somebody's character about a basketball game as if it's not real life, as if that don't affect people's pockets. Like, I think all of it was really cowardly, if you want my honest opinion. Yeah, I did what I did. I take my stuff on the chin. We have spoke about that. I still stand on that. I meant every word I said about it. But if you want to know the truth about that, I think all of it's was cowardly. I think, you know, you start going to question somebody's character in front of the whole world, it's whack. So I think they all whack, both of them if you want my honest opinion. Um, But that's that. Uh, Everybody was questioning what I said to KD um, at the end of the game. This is me. It's me. And um, I'm not going to share the other word that I said because, you know, that's a spur of the moment type of thing. You're in the game. And, um, you know, words come out, but this is me. I do this. Been doing this. Going to keep doing this which is the same thing I said in that Clippers game years ago. Been winning championships, been doing this, going to keep doing this when you leave here. Didn't lie. Got fined a whole game check, which was like $160,000 for saying that. Fast forward, wasn't a lie, you know. But that's what I said, you know, and... All of that was a little brewed up, a little, little built up tension because, again, you go question somebody's character, you got my phone number. If you thought I hope I get the help that I need, you got my phone number. Hit me and say that. So like I said, I thought it was all cowardly. And that's where those emotions came from. I, I, I'm a four-time NBA champion. No regular season game really gets me that like hype to win a regular season game. But it's a little added tension there. Because guys want to go question character. And then, like I said, to top of it all off, the little guy goes and question character um, just because you got destroyed. So I'm done with it. Uh, we're moving on. That's that. Um, two more games before the All-Star break. Uh, we have the Clippers tomorrow at home. And then we got a back-to-back makeup game. Uh, R. P. Decky makeup game in Utah on Thursday before we go into the break, how important are these games? Games are very important. Uh, We always talk about you want to roll into the All-Star break, not stumble into the All-Star break. Um, And you want to go into the All-Star break feeling good about yourself. One thing we always talk about in the NBA is the most beautiful thing about the NBA, you have a bad game, there's another game tomorrow. And with the All-Star break, you really want to win going into the All-Star break because you got to feel, you're going to feel that, like, your break. You're gonna be thinking about that, and so a win always feels better. And I also think for us, obviously, we're where we are in the standings. We don't have games to give away, so it's very important uh, that we close these two games strong. And hopes, hopefully, we come out with two wins. Um, that is ideal. That's what we're looking forward to doing. Uh, obviously, the Clippers is a very, very tough game, and then you're going in back into Utah. Uh, on short rest, altitude, the whole thing. going to be a tough game as well. Uh, however, I think we're capable of winning both of those games, uh, but, you know, it's going to require us to put a great 48 minutes of basketball together. Uh, the Clippers just lost a t- uh, uh, to last night to the Timberwolves, so you know they're going to come in pissed off. Um, they'll take it out on us. We got to make sure that we're ready to meet that force with force um, against a very good Los Angeles Clippers team. And then, like I said, head on out to Utah and make sure we close it out the right way uh, to head into our All-Star break. And then we'll come out of the All-Star break on the back-to-back with the Lakers at home and then Charlotte at home. And So uh, it's a good, you know, tough, tough time. Uh, Dog days, obviously, you you get there, you kind of see the All-Star break right there and you're kind of reaching out for it and it's not quite there yet, you know, so... A uh, good time in the schedule for us, though. I think we're putting it together. Uh, the, like I said before, the growth has been there, and we need to lock, lock in on these last two games. Uh, let's get into All-Star Weekend before we get into the mailbag part of this episode. Uh, my predictions for the big two events. Number one, the slam dunk contest. First off, let's talk about the slam dunk contest. Matt McClellan, uh former teammate of mine, went to camp with us defending champ. Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics, Jaime Haquez of the Miami Heat, and Jacob Toppin. Jacob Toppin, OB Toppin's younger brother, who plays in the G League. Now, Matt McClung won the dunk contest last year. And I thought it was great that Matt McClung was in it. I think he brought a, a different excitement back to the dunk contest. <clears throat> and. I thought it was great. Now Jacob Toppin is in there. There's a, there's a Toppin in the NBA. Y'all could have had that Toppin in there, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. But what brings me, what, what I'm getting at here is, like you can you kind of call it the same NBA dunk contest that Dr. J and Michael Jordan and um, Jason Richardson, Saginaw's own Sparty? Um, Dominique Wilkins, Human Highlight Real. Like, can we actually call this the same dunk contest that those guys were in? Because it'd essentially be the equivalent of like, having those guys and like, players who were playing the CBA in the same dunk contest. Like, is it actually the same thing? And are there no other dunkers in the NBA that could be out there? That you have to people in G League because we played against the Indiana Pacers last week and OB Toppin actually said to me like, man, I'm trying to get in there. Like if if Jalen drop out, I'm, I want that spot. And so I just kind of wondered about that. Like that's interesting to me. Um, and I know, you know, the G League is, is way different than what it used to be. Uh, even the Rising Star game, you got like players from the G League at night, um, which I also think is interesting there. But I don't know. I just kind of wanted to throw that out there. I don't really know where I'm going with it. I just think it's interesting. And if you have to keep going G League route, is it time to do away with the dunk contest as a whole? Is it time to get more creative? Rick Welts, um, who's the president of the Warriors my entire career until maybe the last two years, who was a key cog in creating what All-Star Weekend is as we know it today. Um Is it time to get back creative, go back to the drawing board and figure out the things out if you kind of have to go to the G League to get dunkers for the dunk contest? I don't know. Do you have to raise the money so that guys, like, it's worth my time to go do it? I don't know. Um, Me personally, I say raise the money because I'm all for guys getting that paper. But I just don't know quite how I feel about guys from the G League being in the NBA dunk contest. Because... If I'm not mistaken, well, I, I'm not mistaken because Dark Tucker from Saginaw wanted before there used to be a G League dunk contest. And so I'm not sure if they still have a G League dunk contest or not, but I don't know. I just think that's a weird thing. Like, you can't go be in, just be in an All-Star game, so why can't you just go be in a dunk contest? It's All-Star weekend. So that's something that's a little, little funny to me and saying that uh, my winner is Mac McClung. Uh, he's going to have the fans. The fans are going to be behind him. Uh, <clears throat> he's the shortest guy out of all these guys, so his dunk is going to look sicker because that's just how it goes. And so I'm picking Max McClung in the dunk contest. Three-point contest contestants, Damian Lillard, the defending champ, Malik Beasley, his teammate, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Halliburton, first-time All-Stars, Laurie marketing Donovan Mitchell, Carl Anthony Towns, and Trey Young. And that all-star and that three-point contest is cool and that's good, but the one everybody is looking for comes after that, which is Steph versus Sabrina. In the normal dunk contest, I mean, sorry, three-point contest, I am going to roll with a final of Damian Lillard versus Carl Anthony Towns. My dark horse in that group, though, is Tyrese Halliburton. And why I'm going Tyrese Halliburton and Carl Anthony Towns, is because they don't jump on this shot. Um, they are quick release, they stay on the ground. And picking that ball up off the rack and not jumping, it's a different when you got to pick the ball at the rack and jump. Like that's so many different motions. When you just picking up off the rack and firing, Carl, oh, boom. Uh Halliburton, his shot, you know. And then dollars obviously dollar. Um, so Tyrese Halliburton is a dark horse, but I got in my final Damian Lillard versus Carl Anthony Towns with Damian Lillard being dame and repeating as the champion. And then we go down to Steph and Sabrina. Interestingly enough, the world is all kinda of like, what? Clay picked Sabrina over Steph? Of course Clay picked Sabrina over Steph's. Clay needles Steph every chance he gets. If you're ever around If you ever could see all of us interact with those, it's constantly Clay just poking at Steph. Like, it's almost like your little brother just trying to poke at you, like every chance that he gets. And so I am not at all surprised that Clay picked Sabrina. Um, Sabrina did break the record last year. I think she missed 1 3. However, that stage gets a lot brighter, a lot bigger when you are up against the GOAT, Steph Curry. And that's just a little bit different. Um, Sabrina will be shooting from the WNBA line with the WNBA ball. Steph will be shooting with an NBA from the NBA line with an NBA ball. I quite frankly myself think Sabrina should also be shooting from the NBA line because those three feet do make a difference. And you're essentially saying I'm as good a shooter or better as Steph Curry in these contests. And so I personally think Sabrina should be at the NBA line. Nonetheless, I'm looking forward to it. I got Steph, of course. Um No need for me to needle. Clay's done it enough. Um, I got Steph. I got the GOAT. That's who I'm rolling with. Before we get out of here, Jackson, I know we have some mailbag questions. Do you want to throw some of those out at me, my friend?
3: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. First, let's go with from at Ian Anderson. I'm from Michigan and a big state fan. How has Tom Tom Izzo's coaching affected your career?
1: Uh, Tom Izzo's coaching is a key reason of who I am today. Tom Izzo taught me how to work hard, um, what it meant to work hard, what it meant to be a pro, what it meant to uh, compete at the highest level and and taught me how to do it. Uh, you know, so oftentimes we grow up, we think we're working hard and you really have no clue what hard work is. And Tom Izzo challenged me on that. Uh, Tom Izzo challenged me on toughness. You cannot be a player for Tom Izzo and not have toughness. And so to have to live up to that every single day, bring a certain toughness, it becomes a part of you. Uh, it becomes a part of who you are, and you embody that. And 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 quite frankly, I think my toughness is a skill. And that skill was obviously there. there's some of that that comes from growing up in Saginaw, Michigan, the way I grew up. Uh, playing at the high school that I played at, but then Tom Izzo enhanced that. And so Tom Izzo was huge in my career. Also, every time that I've had trouble, um, Tom Izzo was right there for me. So a great friend, um, father figure, coach, the whole nine, and then also just the X's and O's that he taught me. Um, The love that he gave, coaches, coaches, and, and most ncaa coaches aren't capable of doing that so very important to say the least
3: all right next one i know the answer to this question but i don't know if we have talked about it on the pod before connected to to uh, coach izzo uh from at alumutil yo draymond i see you being a coach after you retire can you speak to that
1: no you don't <laughs> no you do not I have no interest in coaching. Uh, The reason I have no interest in coaching is because I've been on a basketball schedule my entire life. I actually look forward to, you know, when I am done playing, of not being on a basketball schedule anymore. The schedule is tough, it's brutal, um, and I've been on it my entire life. Like, in turn, you miss certain things. And, like, I don't want to sound like crazy privileged, but, like, I love to travel. Like, I want to go see Australia one day and, like, experience Australia. When we're allowed to travel, it's cold in Australia. I I don't – I spend enough time in the cold traveling to these East Coast cities during our season. The last thing I want to do is go to Australia for their winter. And so it's things like that. You know, it's friends' birthdays. It's kids' birthdays. It's time with your family. It's – events at your kid's school, all of the things that you miss, families, like family time, like my extended family, you know, not just my family that lives with me in my home. Like you, all the things that you miss. And so I'm just not sure I want to be on a basketball schedule when I'm done playing. I Actually, I am sure. I don't want to be on a basketball schedule when I'm done playing. And so now, and speaking of being on a basketball schedule my entire life, coach's schedule is even worse. They got to watch a bunch of film. They got a bunch of meetings. They get there way earlier. They got all these things, putting game plans together, blah, blah, blah. Watching film after the game, like, because the film needs to be ready for the next morning. Like, their schedule is worse. So, on summer league, I go on vacation. They stick around. They're doing some. I mean, during the summer, I go on vacation. They're sticking around. They're doing summer league with guys. They're doing summer workout with young guys. I'm sorry, but I don't want that schedule. Now, who knows where life takes you, but as it stands right now, I have zero interest in coaching when I'm done playing. I'm sorry, but it's just not quite what I see in the cards for me. But I appreciate the compliment because you're essentially calling me smart. Thank you.
3: <laughs> we'll do one more question. Thank you to everyone for the questions. Uh, we will be taking questions every time we go live on the BR app, so this will not be the last time to get your questions in. Last one for today, um, from at G Mooney, who in the NBA now do you think has a similar game to you? You can take that whatever type of way you want.
1: Who in the NBA now do I think have a similar game to me? BP, young Draymond. You like a young Draymond out there um who in the NBA has a similar game to me I don't know if I'll quite say similar because I think there's different things that I do that kind of embodies a couple different people you know like this guy may do this but not quite that you know or like he may excel in this area that I excel in but not quite over there um But what I will tell you is this as opposed to, and I'm sorry to not fully answer your exact question, but someone who I watch, and I haven't gotten a chance to watch him much this year, but especially last year, who I think could be like a version of me in a totally different way is Tari Eason. Got great size, great length, physical, uh, can dribble the ball, can shoot the ball, can make a play, smart. doesn't back down from anybody. Now, can Tari Eason go guard a five or play the five? I'm not sure he can do that. But, like, I think Tari Eason, um, if I looked at someone, I'm like, he could, he could potentially grow into and do a lot of things that I do. I would say... If I had to point to one person, I'm like, I think it can be that. I think Tyrese. I think uh, I'm a big big fan of his. Like I said, haven't gotten a chance to watch him much this year. Uh, But last year, uh, that's the point person I'll say. Um, But that's a wrap from the mailbag questions uh, for the episode, which brings us to the end of our first live show on the BR app, as Jackson just said. This is not our last one, and every time we do this, there will be mailbag questions, and we took three this time, so next time I'll take four. Uh, Thank you for watching. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to the Draymond Green Show YouTube channel. Uh, We have a really fun interview coming later this week. I think you all will enjoy. Check that out. Until next time, that's a wrap from the Draymond Green Show. Peace.